It's a joy to be with all of you. And particularly, we want to say thank you to the leaders of the church for having considered to invite us to come back home. Um, let me just do two announcements, or I don't know whether I should call them announcements or reminders. PIZ, how many of you have never heard of PIZ? Never, never, okay. At least we all have heard something about PIZ. Um, some of you have received letters of appeal um, for donations at personal level as well as at church level. The structure so far, we have pillars that have gone up. <laughs> We even have roof trusses on top, and this week we are going to have iron sheets on the hall that is being constructed at PIZ. But we do not have walls, and we don't have a floor. Think of a structure that has a roof, but no floor, no wall. So those of you that have received those letters, um, we are appealing to you to generously consider to support the work at PIZ. The way you're looking at me, it's like I should continue with that announcement. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. All right, it would be good if it is done sometime soon so that the constructor does not leave the site so that the work is done quickly. All right. Brother Ngosasa, thank you for leading us today. Um, there's one brother, this shouldn't be recorded anymore. There's one brother who went to a church where they sang very well. And then time came for the preacher to speak. The preacher just went in front and said, it sounds better in Kaonde because Kaondes are the ones who like doing those things. And this man says, why should I preach when you have sung so well? The singing is enough. <laughs> Sorry, I won't do that. <laughs> Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we'll read the first four verses. The Lord willing, in the coming two weeks, we'll be reading the following verses up to verse 11. So be available so that we will be able to connect the thoughts together. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. I'm using the Restoration Bible, and the Bible reads as follows. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ 
in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let's just pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege that is ours this morning, that we were able to raise our voices to sing songs of praise to your name. We're glad to enable us ears to be able to listen to your word. We pray for clarity to communicate it in the power of the Spirit of God, and indeed clarity to understand this word and apply it in our lives. To you, our Father, we plead for grace and mercy that this day will be a blessing to each one of us. This is our prayer. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 is a call to practical Christian living. It is a call to practical Christian living. I have entitled the sermon as Your New Status Demands a Change of Life. Your New Status Demands a Change of Life. We have so far moved from the context of the supremacy of Christ in chapter 1, because in chapter 1 we were told how superior Christ is. And then when we move to chapter 2, we were taught the sufficiency of the work of Christ or the atoning death of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, his death is enough. We don't need any other addition. And I'm sure we got those words of encouragement at the end of chapter 2, where we were told no one should judge you. You are free. Christ's death is enough. And let no one judge you on what you touch, what you eat, how you should live. And I'm sure in our little minds we were saying, yeah, we are free to do whatever we want. After all, it is the heart that matters, not the outside. But our text gives us some responsibilities that we should have. Uh, our new status, the fact that we are saved, has a list of demands of a changed life. I don't know if some of you have had those experiences. People come to you and whisper to you, this is what happened, or things like that. The few years that I've served as a pastor, I've had young couples come to me uh, three weeks or four weeks after they got married. Um, then the wife says, you know what, pastor? At our, after our wedding, I forgot that I'm married. I wanted to go with my dad. Then I was reminded that I'm married. Then the husband would be laughing, yeah, I am pastor, look at this one, wanted to go to the mother. They forgot that they are married. Sometimes we do forget that we are saved, and we are going to live a free life. 
But here, the things to remind us of the fact that now we have a new status. If you have been raised with Christ, there is an assumption here that you died with Christ. You have also been raised with Christ. If you have been raised with Christ, you have a new status. And in having this new status, there is a way of life that you should live. And for today, I want us to begin by opening um, those thoughts to us. And God willing, we'll begin to discover more things that we need to do as we think of our new status. But think of it this way. That your new status, number one, is that you have been raised up with Christ. You've been raised up with Christ. The author is getting his thoughts from the idea of that he brings out in chapter 3, verse 20, that you died. You are not useful, but now you have been raised. The understanding is that you are no longer in the coffin. You are no longer useless, but you have been enabled to live again. You have been honored, as it were, to be where you are. You were blind, like the hymn writer puts it, but now you can see. If that is your new status, that your eyes are now opened, that you are able to breathe in and out, that the things you are not able to do, now you are enabled to do them, how should you live? I want to highlight some of your, or our responsibilities that we should be involved in. Number one is that we should keep on seeking the things above. Keep on seeking the things above. The world will tell you this. Don't be heavenly minded that you are earthly useless. But I want to add that as we get heavenly minded in thinking of things above and aware of where we are, will know how to live. Let me just answer that question by way of saying, what is this being heavenly minded? What is this seeking things above? Think, seeking things above is, is not like what we have heard before in history where people are going to say, in the year so and so, the Lord is coming, so stop cultivating, stop building, stop marrying, stop anything because the Lord is coming. That is not being heavenly minded. After 
the holidays, if you have a chance to go and get a plot, go and get a plot and build. Even when you are heavenly minded. But being heavenly minded is to look at eternal things. Things that last. Things where you base your life on. Being heavenly minded is to look at the grace of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and begin to say, what is this grace? How should I apply it? It is the understanding of mercy. It is the idea of humbling ourselves before this God. It is the idea of how do I practice love with another person. Remember, we are told that because we have been raised with Christ, we should set our minds on things above where Christ is seated. Think of it, of the fact that God in his glory and his son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are there seated. What do you think they are doing? They are talking about grace. They are do, looking at the work of mercy on human beings. They are looking at how nice that Christians begin to love one another. You tend to bring that to yourself and begin to say, how am I applying these things? Friends, sometimes these things, we don't understand them in the way they should be understood because of sin. Our eyes and ears are just limited to the things that we see and think that is enough. No, there's more. There's more. I mean, for example, if you just closed your little eyes and you just heard the voices or the voice of the apostle, the apostle, the apostle Paul, tell us how it will be when the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. How is it going to be? Throw your eyes, just chapter 3 and verse 15 and 16. You'll see what I'm talking about. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in, one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Think of it. That peace of Christ ruling in your heart. Why that peace of Christ? Because that's where you have also been called to. That's what you should practice. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, 
and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now, those of you that were not there, listen to me who was there. Some of you know Mr. Nirenda in this church. When he was proposing marriage, I was hiding near flowers so that he could not see me. The words that he was using. <laughs> we used to use scriptures. Sister, the Lord loves you, as I do. No text message. And we're able to say, are you serious? But look at this text, what we've been told here. Is if that is the way we are going to demonstrate our salvation, tell, me, tell you what, the whole world is going to be wondering what type of people are these? We are going to be teaching one another hymns and songs so that we can sing well like the way we did today. We'll be teaching each other of things above. We'll be telling and giving testimony of how good the Lord has been to each one of us during this particular week. But then, if that is what it means to set our minds on things above, it means our language will change. We become like a good choir that sings to the glory of God. Out of those things that I've just said, you know what? Songs like heaven is my destination would be motivating us that we are going to heaven. I don't know why we have stopped singing certain songs. It is because we are thinking of earthly things now. We used to sing, it is not an Israel. We are traveling to heaven. Our minds are focused on heaven. But now there's that idea. Suffering is not my portion. So why should I sing it's not an easy road? This is the idea of saying, because of my new state, because I am now raised with Christ, I should exercise love. I should be a peaceful person. I should be humble. We have just sung this morning. If this is not love, when you look at the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, then heaven is a myth, and we know it's not a myth. What are people pointing at to say this is Christianity? It is when we set our minds on heavenly things, 
on things that are eternal. But when we set our minds on earthly things, we get disappointed because they are not eternal. They are temporal. They are temporal. We know that these things are temporal because even in the short lives that we have lived, we have seen fashions come and go because they are temporal. There are those trousers we used to wear three buttons. I thought they would never go out of fashion, but they are gone. Some of them are coming back indirectly, but anyway, I, I don't think I can go back to them. That temporal. But the love of Christ, the peace that we have in Christ, the need for us to be humble before the Lord is an ongoing thing. That's what it means to set our minds, keep seeking things above. Keep looking to the blessings that God has set for you. Not just here on earth, but much more in heaven. The second illustration of your new status is not just because you have been raised with Christ. I like this second description of our new status. Our new status is that our lives have been hidden with Christ in God. I love that. We are not only raised with Christ, but your life is also hidden with Christ in God. What comes to my mind immediately is the idea of Job. where God has put a hedge around him. And the devil is saying, I can't reach him because you have protected him. Your new status. Dear brother, if you're a Christian, dear sister, if you're a Christian, is that you've been raised with Christ, but much more, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Who can go in and touch you? No one. Today, most people are having sleepless nights because of this idea of the devil, demons, and just bad things everywhere. Some pastor's jackets are fat here in the pockets. Mine at least is flat. <laughs> they are carrying anointing oil to be sprinkling on people so that they are safe. It is not the anointing oil. But where Christ has placed you, that's what matters. I'm not saying you should not pray for safety, but your prayer for safety is rising from the fact that you are hidden in Christ, in God, and no one can reach out to you, you should be thankful. You should be grateful. You should sing songs of praise to God. 
Thanks be to God, my life is hidden with Christ in God. I don't know how best to put it, but here is our responsibility because we are hidden with Christ in God. Our responsibility is moral and spiritual excellence. This is a call to become holy, becoming what God is expecting you to be. There are games we used to play when we were younger. These days, I don't know if they play them or not. If you are hiding and your friends are looking for you and you are hiding with a bigger boy, the bigger boy is going to say, don't say anything. Okay? Even if they call you. And where you are hidden, the bigger boy is just going to say, They'll call out your name. They'll call out your name. You want to be like the bigger boy who is stable. Okay, number. <laughs> Friends, we are hidden with Christ. In God, we should become holy as He is holy. We should work at our spiritual lives. Again, being spiritual here does not mean um, these funny things we are seeing today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord only, not being normal. But acknowledging the work of the Spirit of God in your life. What is it that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life that is being spiritual? But becoming holy is expecting a life that God wants you to live so that others may see God. It is the idea of saying, I know what God demands. In this situation, I'll do what he wants. Spirituality is coming from the idea of saying, because I am hidden in God and I'm being taught by the Holy Spirit, I will live according to the Spirit of God. This is the idea of a transformed life, putting it into practice. If Christ is supreme, and his death is enough, I should be grateful to demonstrate that to the world by living out a holy life. It's not that I will not sin, but I will not make sin my habit. The Holy Spirit must be able to point out areas of concern. Yes, we are children of God, but the Holy Spirit will remind us to say, this needs to come out, that needs to come out, this is the way you should go, 
and you should do it this way. That is being spiritual. Spirituality is, is, is not to say you'd be walking in the air, gravity has nothing to do with you. Then you are spiritual. That is not spirituality. That's magic. Because it won't continue. If, if walking in the air is spiritual, it would have been seeing so many people walking. But you do it one time and then it's gone. It's magic. But when we see lives transformed, when we begin to be able to hear people that are going to say, this was before and this is after. Some of you remember your wedding pictures. You look at them and say, ah, was I sick here? It is before and after. Now that the Holy Spirit lives in you, what change is there before he came to live in you? And now that he lives in you, he teaches me to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. That's the way it should be. Because our lives are hidden in Christ, we are safe and secure. And because we are safe and secure, we should build our holy lives on Christ, the solid rock. Hidden suggests that you should not move out of the boundaries. Remain in Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul said. The Lord Jesus Christ said it. To his, remain in me. As we remain in him, we are hidden in him, we begin to live like him. We demonstrate his life to the people around us. And then we'll be singing, let them see the Savior as he shines in me and let his power control me every day. It is a life that is safe and secure but it's a life that is determined to live within that boundary of security. It is the understanding of saying, I am in God, I should not mess up. Because I am in God. After all, the, the picture we are given is that we have been raised with Christ. Now we are hidden with Christ in God. That, that is an exalted position. There's a way you behave. There's a way you live. That's what I'm calling it moral holiness. Morality. So that I don't need to wait for somebody to tell me to say, uh, where is it written that thou shalt not have this and that? 
he who is in me and where I am hidden, I will know that these things don't apply. Like the way the world is debating today, gender issues. Do we even need a debate? If we are hidden in Christ, we see how marriage should be. One man, one woman. But even churches are debating, should a man marry another man? That is the way he was wired. Who taught you? I'm told somebody changed from male to female and the other one changed from female to male and along the way they married. Say, why did you waste your time? But when your life is hidden in Christ, you're safe and secure. So grow in your faith. So show the world where you come from, where you're hidden. But thirdly, and I love it also, you will be revealed with Christ. I love this. This is a glorious expectation. It is like the work of art. Those who do art, they begin with one stroke. And two, three, four, they draw this picture and then this picture is covered. Not to be shown to everybody else. Then a day of exhibition comes. It is still covered. Then the judges are coming to inspect the pictures. And then they remove the cloth out. And what do they see? This drawing. This artist spent time to work on. And the judges just look at that drawing and say, wow, this is good. Is it you who did this? Yes, it is me. How many hours did you spend? So many hours. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, you will also appear with him. This, this is nice, friends. I, I don't know how you, how you feel, but as for me, I'm waiting for that day. I'm looking forward. That's why these things that we are talking about, moral, spiritual excellence, call to holiness, growing in the grace of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, become paramount. Because we know a day is coming when he will be revealed. Listen to the Apostle Paul in First Thessalonians chapter 4. I don't know if that touches your heart in one way or the other. 
if you are looking forward to that day or not, listen what he says. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, through Jesus Christ, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For we say this to you, by a word of the Lord, we who are still alive at the coming of our Lord will certainly not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself descend from heaven with a shout and with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Just think of it. Just a wedding, the way our, our heads turn to just hear the bridegroom and his men are coming, we look. But when the bride comes in with the father, mm. <laughs> even those phones that don't have cameras, they begin to show. But friends, the Lord Jesus Christ is descending in the clouds with the voice of the archangel. You will not be able to close your eyes. But the lovely thing is this. When Christ is revealed, I'm also there. Even me. And then, think of it, you are there also. Should you lose focus on that day? No. You do everything possible, waiting for that coming day. What are some of our responsibilities then? What should we do? We should pursue a life of holiness. We should be diligent in our serving the Lord. We should make peace with all men that were not left behind. We should be passionate about evangelism because the day is coming when Christ is revealed. You know what? Christ is going to point to his church and say, these are the ones that I have brought to you, my Father. And in a little way, I'm also going to say, I also preach to A and B and C. And you will also mention those that the Lord used to bring them to Christ. The bigger church. And you have a small church and a smaller church. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, you will also be revealed. I've seen, I've gave you that example of wedding lineups. The, the Shibuinga is taking it easy 
but those on the lineup yeah yeah as if it's them married but they are part of the celebration they can't just keep quiet no when Christ is revealed I'm part of it should I walk no I'll be dancing looking forward what should I do I should be diligent now in serving God I should be faithful in my service to God I should be able to, to do things that are going to demonstrate the mercy of God. When Christ is revealed, you too shall be revealed. I should do something else that shows that I am growing. Restrain myself from things that are not going to bring about the life of Christ. Restraint is one of the marks of maturity. Because Christ is going to be revealed together with you. Restrain yourself from certain things. You don't say, ah, everyone is doing it. Now I know you. Uh-uh. You are on the lineup. So restrain yourself from certain things. Follow the direction in which you go. Christianity is to show the difference between those who are in the world and those whose lives are hidden in Christ. Those who have been raised with Christ should show that there are others that are still dead without Christ. If we are going to be revealed, we'll do everything possible the Apostle Paul uses another illustration. He says he cleanses himself. Even if it is cold, but because you are going to be on a particular lineup, you take a shower. You also go on the mirror. Think of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ descending from heaven and you are also going to be revealed then your attire that is not fitting. We do everything possible to demonstrate that we are going to be revealed with Christ. Like I said, we are standing in a chapter that talks about practical Christianity. Practical Christian life, your new status requires new responsibilities, a change of life. Those new responsibilities require effort, require effort, effort to do what is expected of you in your new responsibility. No one can become holy if they are not spiritual. You cannot be holy if the Holy Spirit is not working in you. Submit to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let him be at work. Then you'll be growing in your holiness. Are you able to hear the voice of the Lord even in the a noise place. 
Your love for the scriptures is because that's where you are hidden. Are you diligent enough to focus on things above? Dear friends, when you are told focus, it is because there are other things to distract you. That's why you are told focus. If we are, have you given up? But in the text we are told, keep seeking things that are above. Your little mind may not have a big picture of your salvation, but allow the scriptures to open the bigger picture of what it means to be a Christian and you know how to live. Setting your mind on things above requires that you should have passion. It requires that you should apply effort. After all, you are alive. You are not dead. Because you are alive, you have to do something about it. And where you are hidden is the rightful place. Exercise your gift that the name of the Lord will be glorified. May the Lord help us as we reflect on this, our new status and how we should live. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.